This is The Playbook. Take me back to the time that you were in the victim mentality as a kid and where that came from from your mom. And let's start there for just a minute because not everybody understands or identifies like as early potentially as you did that they have the chance to take ownership versus be a victim. I'd love to know what you were feeling in that time. And regardless of the narratives coming from your mom, like what were the narratives coming from the other sources in your world at that time? Yeah, so it's really important because um, there's a lot of things happening in my life. My dad left when I was five. So I immediately took on a sense of responsibility yeah. for my mom. Mm. So a lot of the victim uh, mentality was because I saw my mom as a victim. Mm. My dad was abusive emotionally, cheated on her, uh, you know, just wasn't a good husband. Yeah. Um, and so I took on that, right? My mom's a victim. I'm living as a victim. I don't have a dad. I don't have money. I, you know, surrounded myself because of my academia with people who more were set on their dads were doctors, lawyers, mm -hmm. you know, and so they had a lot of stuff going on that I didn't have. And so I lived in this why me world of not enough. And so I became hyper competitive and scarce. Now, I will tell you, I come from energetically and genetically a scarce uh, family lineage yeah. and probably a past life lineage. Like e even the wealthy people yeah. in my family are extremely scarce, even today. And it was never more present than during uh, COVID how scared my family is. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have a brother that uh, is summa cum laude at Harvard right, that has a PhD in social ethics, is probably academically one of the most superior academics in the country, yeah. worked for presidents, and yet he carries that energy. I, my other brother went to Wharton the School, London School of Economics, MBA at Columbia, my sister MBA at Columbia, multi, multi, multi-millionaires, right? Mm -hmm. And yet you would think they're poor, <laughs> right? Like they, they literally just live in a world of not enough you know, anything, they're just afraid. And I had to break the chain. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for me, there was, you know, sexual abuse when I was nine that, you know, that created other victim oh, yeah. uh, mentality of, you know, how could I, you know, I, I couldn't tell my mom what was going on because I thought it was going to hurt her. Mm -hmm. And I get, it's hard for me to say, right? So that's, you know, a, a lot of work to go through and it didn't, I, I didn't even address the issue of what happened to me at nine until I was 50 years old. Once again, thanks to my wife saying, hey, you got your shit together, Dave. I'm proud of you. Now let's tackle this one. Yeah. I, 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 I'm just tired of you making, because she was one of the few people in the world that, that I opened up to that it even happened. And she knew the jokes that I made and the pain that I was in. Um, and it, it brings up a point that, that you teach, and I wanna maybe suggest a, a different way of explaining taking out that trash. I'm, 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 you know, I'm always open. See, I, I'm more a, a, of a transformational person in the fact that I believe that we can transform our trash into treasure. I agree with that. Yeah, and I knew you would, and I'm only talking vernacular, yep. because I think it's important when people think they're gonna get rid of their trash, yep. Look, there's still plastic bottles in the ocean. You, you can change the plastic bottles in the ocean to algae or energy or hopefully someday even yeah. food. Uh, that would be really nice if I could do that. But I'm looking to always transform my trash into treasures. I agree with that. Now, what I will tell you is though it's not always in the 
predominant narrative externally, the reality is, is our treasure is formed from our trash crusher. Right. Right. And so our treasure literally comes from the same sources. And I knew you and, believed and, that, and by the way. And that is absolutely embedded in everything that we teach. But just like you identified, you can recognize and live in all of these treasures for a significant period of your life. Right. You took what you existed in. You had to become the man, the protector and the connector in your family to care for your mom to a place that also meant that you did not admit your own natural feelings in situations because you didn't want to put harm on her. Right. Right. You experience sexual abuse that puts you into an even less safe, even less protected place where you know you're not seen, understood, and you're not connected. And it causes people to retreat even further into themselves. And you didn't deal with it until you were 50. Yeah. Right. And so while well, I was still teaching people to course, deal with their shit, of course, which and, made me feel more like a hypocrite than anything else. But here's the thing. Like, that's the thing about all of our trash is that there's layers. Yeah. Right. And just because it's there doesn't mean that you're aware of it. And it also doesn't mean that even if you're aware of it, you're ready to deal with it because sometimes digging through it makes you feel like trash. Right. And so what I wanted to really highlight in what you just said, because it's beautiful, is you had created so many external treasures in your life. But because you hadn't actually dealt with some of the deepest, darkest trash, it came back to continue to bite you in your fatal flaw, in your relationships, in your business, in everything. And that's the fundamental of what we teach is like, look, that is the only thing that will keep you stuck and repeating the same patterns. Because until you transform it or discover where the trash pressure made it treasure, right, you can't move. And you've done that. And so what I, what I really want to, first of all, say, I always love your vulnerability and how quick you are to be able to demonstrate emotion. Right. That's something I've told you before. Like sometimes I actually envy that you can cry as quickly as you can <laughs> because I feel that, but I conditioned myself for so long not to cry. Yeah. I, I believe by the way, crying is perspiration. So that, you know, as as you work out, you perspire yeah. to cool yourself down. I'm very I've cleared a lot of interference. Yeah. So for me it's a testament to that clearance yes. and I'm perspiring. Uh, yes. emotionally <laughs> that's and, and by the way why I wish that I had more ready access to it, and this is one of the things I'm focused on right now is continuing to surrender to those other elements of the pieces that I'd shoved down or suppressed because it is it's it's a release it's perspiration it's it's it isn't a physical expression and release of things that you're carrying inside and so I have to find different modalities to release but what I'm really curious about is like in today's world and especially when you were a kid right crying was not something that was accepted Right. It's, it's, no, you show up, man up, toughen up, shove your emotions down. And you did that largely for a long time. But what I'm curious about is who gave you permission to cry? And when did that start to become readily accessible for you? I would say my wife was the first person that mm. I could be myself with, that I could experience the truth and, and just get it off my chest. I mean, I went to suppress so many things in my life that I blacked out the fact that you know, my oldest brother, he was a stepbrother, but li lived with me. I had two of them that, you know, nine years older than me, you know, had done this to me until he called me in fear as a doctor at 28 years old mm -hmm. to tell me that he had HIV and that he was sorry. And like, I, I, I literally was on the telephone, I remember, they didn't have wireless phones back then. I was on the telephone just sitting there going, what's he talking about? What's he sorry for? He's dying. What is he sorry for? And then he kept talking and explaining and I was overwhelmed. I still am overwhelmed. I'm still 
you know, working through that. But that's how much I protected myself. You talk yeah. about we don't even know, right? I, Dude, the armor we carry literally disconnects us and we think it's what's protecting us. And then it hurt me because I couldn't tell anyone. Yeah. And until I felt extremely comfortable that no matter what, that I had unconditional love from my wife, the way that I have it from my, my mom, that I felt comfortable telling my wife and starting to heal. The irony is I told my mom, uh, and the way I told her was that I went public with it because uh, Sugar Ray Leonard and I are, are friends and we did an interview and he said, it was funny, I was doing an interview with Todd Bridges and Todd Bridges was abused as a child and I don't even know where it came from. I admitted that I was abused. Sugar Ray Leonard said that. And I broke down crying yeah. in the interview. And I said, I was as well. And then I, the way I told my mom is like, hey, I really want you to see this interview. It was like Blink, the movie. My mom watched it and she's like, that was awesome. Mm. She did not, could not see or hear what I was saying about that part. You know, just like if you've never seen a book, like totally. that's how much, like, I, and I understand that as a parent, yeah, right? And, and I just let it go. And I still let it go today. She's 80 and I had to go to therapy to understand, sh should I broach this subject again with her? Yeah. Right? And, and, and deal with that. But it was really interesting how I sat in front of, and that's all I heard was me admit that I was abused as a child and my mom couldn't even be aware of it even though I know she was watching the same, it was on, you know, back then Amazon Prime. Uh, and so we were watching it on TV and she couldn't see it. Did you ever close the loop with her on that? Not yet. And, and it's difficult now because she has a, a little bit of dementia. Yeah. She's older and more fragile. Um, and I'm already at a, a better place of peace. Mm -hmm. And once again, I still think I have a protective energy. Of course you do. Right? And even more that I should have told her, you know, when I was nine. Yeah. Because my mom was so strong. She raised six kids on her own. All went to the Ivy League, summa cum laude, all empowered. She could have handled it. Yeah. And now, ironically, it probably would do more harm than good. And maybe she wouldn't even hear me. So I have this philosophy about accountability, yeah. right? I, I know accountability is what you're responsible yeah. for, but I also had an, a, a law of attraction uh, a, 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 of account, a, a perception of accountability, which was what, and this drove my therapist crazy, right? Because I went in and said, well, he goes, well, how do you look at it? And I said, I ask myself, what did I do to attract this yeah. to myself and what am I supposed to learn from it? And he fought me. He's all, no nine-year-old attracts this himself. It's not about a past life. There's nobody no attracts that to, to, to themselves. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's things to learn from it, but nobody attracts it. You didn't attract your you accident. Didn't attract the truck that ran over. Exactly. So it, it really perplexed me because I believed in the law of attraction. Mm -hmm. And I had to question what, what it was. And what I realized and where I came to peace was a third stage of accountability. It was what did I do to participate in the perception? Yeah. What did I do to participate? And like you said, this is where the should things come in. You know, at that snapshot, that inflection point, that defining moment of my childhood, what did I do to participate in it? Well, I protected my mom, right? I protected self. I was gonna say that. 
right? I protected community. I protected brand, family brand, right? I protected, and so that's how I participated in it. Now, today I don't want to participate in that perception anymore. I don't want to. Maybe at some level I do with my mom. I still want to participate in a perception that I am a protector of the person who gave me life and has protected me and the same way that I try now to protect the ultimate omniscient all-powerful that protects and promotes me the same way my mom did except for the all-powerful source is all-knowing as well and unfortunately to my detriment and my mom's she's not omniscient but she certainly carries an energy of protection and promotion for me and I'll carry the same